also say a toe to so. You know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. Honk, honk, everybody. It's the convoy episode of The Bottleman, Dan and Riley. Uh, and we are pulling up to the uh, Herb's Travel Emporium truck stop in southern Alberta. Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and we've uh, we've just beckoned over uh, Jeremy Appel from the Big Shiny Takes and Forgotten Corner podcast to come sit in our car with us. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, great to see you guys here. I, I didn't, you know, you guys came a long way. Yeah, I'm I'm walking into Herb's Travel Emporium. I'm uh I'm doing the rounds. I'm looking at every single thing they have available to buy, and I am settling on uh, a couple of sticks of beef jerky, some blue diamond wasabi almonds, an egg sandwich that will give me diarrhea in two hours while I'm still in the van, and uh and some trucker crank, some yellow swarm. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Whereas I, I have, I have purchased a simple coffee crisp and bag of Lay's original uh, that I'm going to wash down uh, with with some meth. <laughs> and uh, I'm also the other thing I'm doing is I'm walking into this Canadian uh, truck stop, and if, at every employee, every single employee I meet, I am mouthing, I'm what's going an inch from their nose and saying let's go brandon to a canadian person yes. directly into their nostrils it's actually That's they're good. actually saying let's go brando did you did you guys know that <laughs> of course I, I did no. yeah that's actually they, they're chanting that, that because like no canadian has ever had an original idea yeah so it's just <laughs> let's like, go brando i can't like, i can't believe that brando sorry go ahead Brando like Portamento of Trudeau and Brandon. Yes. That's oh, yeah. No, Come they're on, they're dudes. really into apocalypse now. <laughs> they, 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 they're, they're, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go, Marlon Brando. We love the we love the films of the mid twentieth century. The more epic in scale, the better. Gain right. weight in your later career, uh, and so on. And so you on. improvised all your dialogue. We love you. <laughs> yeah, it's the oh god. I I would go to a truckers for Brando rally to be honest. Um, no, but uh, we are we are here talking about. Um, I really didn't know that they'd adapted Let's Go Brandon to be like a Canadian spinoff of Let's Go Brandon. That sucks. Um, we are mm-hmm. here talking about what is purported uh, by some uh, Rubes and Marks uh, to be the Canadian version of January sixth. Uh, well, uh, maybe it is because it's sort of a damp squib of a bunch of guys just milling around, being like, "I bet you hate that I'm here," uh, but without any real end game. <laughs> so maybe it is in that respect. Uh, but we are talking about. Uh, the 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 convoy across Canada, what some are calling uh, a Terry Fox run for uh, you j- jug hooting morons. It is uh, the uh, the convoy, uh, and we've brought in uh, Jeremy of the Big Shiny Takes and Forgotten Corner podcast to help us kind of try or make heads or tails of this uh, strange phenomenon. And of course, this is going to be part one, uh, where we're talking about the events of today, and then. We are in part two next week going to reconnect with our old pal, Matt Christman, who's, and we're going to talk about how Trucker ended up becoming a kind of conservative shibboleth. So, yes, uh, uh, the, the modern cowboy, if you will, like the last free American, both owner and employee 
what if you owned your own house and also traveled around in it and were your own boss on the open road? That's right. So, uh, Jeremy, can you give us a give us a little update as someone who has been uh, following, like an almost famous, uh, the truckers? Yeah. So um, this truck convoy. Um, it started as a GoFundMe um, b- by this lady in in a town called Medicine Hat, which I'm uh, quite familiar with. I worked at the paper there for a few years, um, and basically, she's like this Wexit uh, grifter. Uh, you know, um, came out of the Yellow Vest movement, if you remember that in Canada, our sort of uh, spin on the French. Um, yellow vest um yeah it was like the french yellow vest movement but without any sort of political underpinning really mm-hmm. like less less politics uh as a yeah well it, it, i would grievances. say it was like the french yellow vest movement uh mixed with like QAnon, right like a lot of like they they, they yeah. claimed it was just yeah. about like supporting our oil and gas sector because trudeau is uh you know trying to keep the industry down by like buying a pipeline that the private sector didn't want to build um and but i mean the people who started showing up yeah i mean they couldn't help themselves with like you know trudeau is like a pedophile and uh you know the the united nations is going to like take over canada and bring about like uh, you know the new world order there are uh, deep underground military bunkers underneath Rosedale. Well, but that's like, actually true, right? That's where all, all the all yeah, the fucking yeah, pundits go when the wars they advocate um, don't go according <laughs> to plan. That's <laughs> their Cheyenne, their Cheyenne Mountain. After they uh, after they uh, convince the Canadian government to uh, anger Russia into nuking Ukraine. No, it's uh, uh, Rosedale finally nukes North York. The, 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 the yeah, age old right. score is settled. <laughs> so as I understand it, right, is this is this ends up as part of this tradition that sort of coalesced. Um, and as long as we've sort of had this this Wexit movement of, again, like right wing wingnuts, whose main thing is uh, I would love it if we could try free market capitalism um, as their like economic ideology. Yeah, have you guys heard of this? That just spins off free market Sorry, capitalism. Ahead, <laughs> yeah. You read about it? Um, well, they, they, yeah, it's, we should give it a go. It's pretty good. The, the basics of it, right, is that there have been these, as long as there has been this uh, so, you know, movement of, you know, cranks and wingnuts and weirdos, uh, they have always had greater and lesser convoys of oafs uh, going from Alberta to Ottawa to make some kind of point. Um, and I think you can even include stuff like Bernard the Roughneck in that. Oh, hell yeah. Like trying That's to bring i trying to bring the I'm trying to sort of shock these sort of establishment uh, stiff shirts in Ottawa into finally, you know, doing the um, insane shock therapy that uh, provincial rural capital tends to want. Right. This is this yes. has been what it is sort of every single time. And every cultural dimension of it basically hides that these are extremely right wing organizations who are taking advantage of the fact that like. People are pretty miserable, rightly so, uh, and they can sort of create any. They can create huge block, create and mobilize huge blocks of people who have increasingly been like you know driven mad by Facebook, and so now you know there are 
like like a Q, crunchy QAnon moms who is, uh, are joining their minivans to what is essentially a, in terms of an overall percentage of the Canadian trucking industry, pretty genuinely like insignificant movement. But of course, that is getting every single camera in the country trained on it, largely because we're saying it's our version of January 6th or... Uh, conservative uh, politicians and columnists, uh, not to mention a lot of uh, American internet idiots, essentially hitching their wagon to these people and saying, oh, yeah, well, maybe they do have a point until, you know, there are Nazi flags carried mm-hmm. at their rallies or every single interaction that individuals in Ottawa seem to have with these people uh, is often uh, threatening or um, uh, in some cases violent. Uh, and in addition to that, the fact that if we look into, you mentioned, Jeremy, it was started with a GoFundMe. If you look into kind of everyone behind this thing, they're all sort of involved in, uh, let's say, questionable types of organizations. Right. right? I, I think yes. that's a really good uh, point, Riley, that the the media coverage of this convoy just started as like oh look at these these kooky um you know anti-vaxxers who are you know driving across the country to specifically protest this uh you know vaccine mandate for truckers doing international travel of course if you're a truck driver crossing the border and you don't want to get vaccinated you're allowed to you just have to quarantine which i mean if you're a trucker doesn't really make much sense um yeah, but um, you know, wasn't much talk about any sort of white supremacy, or white nationalist connections um, until uh, essentially these people started screaming at journalists and calling them fake news, and 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 then journalists were like, "Wait a minute." Maybe there's something more to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Can- Canadian Anti-Hate Network actually did a great report um, detailing the white nationalist connections of uh, Tamar Litch, who I mentioned before, another person from the GoFundMe whose name escapes me, and uh, especially Pat King, who's like listed on their website as the yeah. Alberta North contact for the convoy. And he's an outright Holocaust denier, right? I mean, this guy is so toxic that the organizers have in, in, in some capacity tried to distance themselves from him. Of course, he's still listed on their website as the uh, Alberta North contact. So, um, all right. Yeah. Well, this is a good, uh, I mean, I just want to throw in, this is a good example of something we talked about earlier, which is like, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but like the, QAnonization of uh, these movements where like something that starts as a convoy with a specific message uh, because the tent is so big uh, it it just gets these weird operatives um, kind of glomming onto it and and if you listen to what some of the individual protesters are saying there's a through line but their messaging and what they want and what they believe in is completely incoherent and sometimes incompatible with the with one another right but you know in a lot of the media coverage i i also wanted to say um once people sort of wisened up to the fact that okay this is like a far right movement has been sort of mentioning in passing, oh, well, some with white supremacist views have latched on to this protest. But 
Yeah, yeah. I found that I found that kind of funny because at the same time that this narrative is unfolding about some with white supremacist views being involved in the protest, there's also a a, a narrative on Ukraine that's unfolding that well, we admit that yes, there are some bad apples in some of these paramilitary groups, and sure they fly these flags, you know, that maybe have a specific symbol associated with a uh, 1930s Central European political movement on that, you know. Like it's the same. It's the same. Right. Kind that, of that there isn't any broader project here. It's just people latching on to yeah. things. And of course, the opposite is true, right? That this was a convoy organized by white nationalists who, right, a couple years ago, it was the oil and gas industry that they used as sort of a mask for the, this broader project. Then it became Wexit. Now it's uh, anti vax. But it's, it's, it, the movement itself is, is a white nationalist project. It's that, I mean, I think some well-intentioned people have been duped by it and have sort of latched on to this broader white supremacist project. But it's not that these white supremacists are just like hitching a ride, right? They're 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 like leading the convoy, um, and so yeah, it's interesting because so there's this sort of like downplaying um, at first of these white nationalist connections that very quickly became. Um, oh my God, this is going to be January 6th. This is going to be a Canadian January 6th. Um, you need to be very scared. Uh, my sources in law enforcement tell me blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got some stuff on law enforcement. Don't you worry. My, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let, let's go. Brando. <laughs> let's go. Brando. So, I think that's, let's, that's like the, the basics, right? Is. I think yeah. the thing to think, right, is that met, like many of these events that are sort of organized stochastically on the basis of just people appeal, people sort of just appealing to let a lot of latent anger in others, right? Like that's how a lot of these events get it started. It has the appearance of being heterogeneous, but it's actually it is really it, it is part of a political project that's concealing itself in a big cloud of legitimate concerns about medical apartheid which is what you sort of keep hearing uh-huh. uh, but also the other thing right is that you know the I, I looked in the daily mail which is of course covering it uh favorably like every right-wing publication in the <laughs> in the uk is covering this thing favorably um and they were like oh even though Trudeau called the truckers a small fringe minority, uh, the convoy of hundreds of vehicles grew to 45 miles long. So it's, it's not a line, 45 miles long line of people. It's a 45 mile long line of quite large trucks. Right. That's a pretty yes. crucial distinction. Um, and it's yeah. been interesting too, seeing like, uh, you know, these international, uh, you know, right or not necessarily right wing, but in that weird nexus of like, just sort of, uh, anti-vax um, types like Russell Brand say there's been this complete media blackout like no one's talking about these like courageous truckers who are driving across and meanwhile in Canada it's all the fucking media talked about for a week and um, it was like the top story on the BBC like um mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got friend of the uh, pod Justin Lang being airdropped into the DMZ <laughs> by the That's right, Canal. The, auto, yeah. the were one of you posting about like Ottawa Chaz. The, or the part <laughs> that was our, that, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. Yeah, Arlen's been uh, has, has yeah. had some really good posts on this. The the uh, yeah. also, oh, another, another thing that's happened. 
<laughs> oh, yes, well, the Oaf Olympics in the Ottawa so Jazz. Like many, like many Olympics, the Oaf Olympics has a few spots in Canada. Uh, the two big ones, obviously, is Ottawa, where they again, like you know, gathered to you know try and do um, got your nose to the Terry Fox Memorial. <laughs> um, but also, uh, a number of truckers have convened at a border crossing in Alberta and now are essentially blocking the highway and have been doing for quite some while. So here is a quote from um, from CBC: Mounties have said extensive efforts have been taken with hopes that a peaceful resolution can be reached. RCMP officers are working with truck drivers who are attempting to disengage from the event. Alberta RCMP says it will only use the necessary level of intervention to ensure safety for all those involved. Quote, our mm-hmm. goal is to facilitate a lawful and peaceful protest. When an event becomes unlawful, we will utilize a measured imp- approach, which ultimately includes enforcement. So there it is. Motherfucker. Like, uh, let's just let's just let's just remember what happened when uh, indigenous land defenders uh, started talking about blocking rail links. You know, yeah, it was just like. Like if the, the, I mean, sorry. If this was, if this was like, uh, if this was a Gitsend people, you know, doing an action at the border or Mohawk, these people would be, they they would see the full force of the state. There would be what we saw a couple of months ago uh, with with the coastal gas link pipeline, with like the full the full hammer of the Canadian state. Yeah, would be they would, they would just be saying, "Smoke them out!" Like, what? what who do they think they are yeah. trying to block our critical infrastructure? But then when it's a bunch of like yahoos uh, doing it at the 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 border between Alberta and Montana, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's hear them out. Let's talk to them. I, did you see that video going around of that? Uh, RCMP uh, sergeant or whatever his rank was just just talking to these truckers saying, look, we, we appreciate your message. We want to help you get it out, but you need to stop blocking the highway. And it, it, I mean, it tells you everything, right? These, these kid yeah. gloves yeah. that these yeah. um, that these, uh, you know, white nationalist protests are are, are are treated with. While at the same time, we're being told that this is like an existential threat to all of us. Well, it's. I think this this goes down to I think something something I think it's important to understand with the way that these sort of uh, liberal democracies are handling their own collapses in legitimacy, which is what they do, and this is sort of a it's, it's kind of a between the media and the state is created a demand uh, for yet more authority to be exercised on behalf of the sort of legitimate law abiding citizenry, um, and then. As ever, that authority bumps up against uh, the law, what's possible, etc. So all of the demands for, uh, for example, for uh, the for authority to come in, free people of their uh, you know medical obligations or whatever. I mean, in in the UK, this works a lot with like immigration and vigil and like vigilantism on the border and stuff, right? Where it's like ah. Authority is constrained. It can only go so far. You know those constraints are you know there because they're you know fundamental building blocks of whatever this liberal democracy is. But the there is then this demand created that moves politics rightward for uh, for action to be taken. Uh, and ultimately, right, the if someone is a a Gitsen protester who is like, like or a land defender who is stopping the building of a pipeline somewhere, that's not fitting in that. Um, a uh, 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 paradigm of the exercise of sort of extrajudicial or vigilante authority on behalf of 
this conception of the nation of Canada. In this case, the nation is, you know, a group of white nationalist SUV owners who've decided that they're kings of the open road. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think, one of the reasons why you always see these groups get handled with kid gloves by authority, because really they're kind of on the same team, just on different sides of the law, because they both exist to to create to exercise that enforcement mechanism um that is uh, sort of becoming more and more important as like the actual institutions of a liberal democracy get further and further and further from functionality uh, you see it in britain well, you see it in the states and i think you see it here as well this call on the real canadians to come and you know make to instantiate the nation to make it known Oafs, oafs are often deputized as overseers, you know, like this is the long history of uh, the deputization of the oaf. Right. And, and there's also I, I this think, like frontier uh, mythology that's very apparent in, in, in the prairies, because, uh, again, you know, all our ideas just come from the States and are just Canadian adaptations of it. Right. That, um, you know, we are enforcing uh, law and order. Um, whatever that means, even if we need to you yeah. know, violate our own laws to do so, whereas the native hordes are, are, are you know, causing trouble and they, they, they need the, 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 the arm of the state to uh, crack down on them. And I... I, I love to be a fucking pioneer, a king on the land. I love to drive my Ford F-150 from the uh, in the sprawling suburbs of Calgary to the great Canadian superstore and buy a giant thing of uh, salty pretzels with peanut butter inside and then stop at Timmy's on the way back. <laughs> Fire up the hot tub, you know? I mean, this is... Real frontier life. I mean, this is... If you want to talk about contradictions, right? The... What they're what they are saying. I mean, one of the th- one of the chants that they're that they're sort of doing, other than just like the, um, you know, uh, are you triggered right wing chants, is we are here for our freedom, right? We we have come here to get our freedom, which we're kind of aware is here. Our freedom is here, and we want it back. Yeah, there's um, there's a massive uh, demo in solidarity with the uh, the anti vax convoy here in Calgary. More. Almost certainly more people than in Ottawa, and I, I live I live on a main yeah. street in Calgary, so I I couldn't help but hear it, it from my uh, from my window and went outside and took some and they're just screaming freedom like there are no like chants they're doing or I guess hey hey ho ho Trudeau's Justin Trudeau's got to go but like it, uh yeah pretty, pretty weak. weak but I mean like Braveheart like like. Right, just screaming for freedom, and it's yeah. like, what, what freedom? Like, 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 how many people? These people are actually truckers, and uh, like, it's like w- less than one percent. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. There's a similar demo happening in uh, Victoria. I was just seeing right before we started taping, which is really funny to me. Like Victoria being probably the last sort of bastion of the british colonial vibe you know <laughs> like the just uh just uh protesters going into starbucks unmasked and threatening uh workers and shit like well yeah and, and and ottawa what, didn't what they, they mean Sorry, didn't they have to shut the rideau center down because the anti-maskers went into the food court with masks and like demanded they food they, they went into 
they went into the mall that everyone hates and started cracking beers and smoking cigs. (laughs) And and the and the the cops, I mean, that was, I think, one of the only successful clearing actions that the Ottawa police did, which is they they went in and very politely asked uh, these people to leave and stop smoking and drinking in the Rideau Mall. Right, because once that, that's you, what they mean by freedom when they say we want our freedom is they want to be able to smoke indoors. They want to be able to drink during the day. They want to hack a dart and crack a fucking Bud Light. Which is pretty and then they just They want the ability to like, you know, yeah. go and, you know, do, just do donuts on whoever's <laughs> yard they like. And again, I, I'm not that opposed to that conception of freedom, to be honest. It's just that, Me that, that, that demand for freedom has been sort of what it really is right is it's a demand it's it's a demand that the state sort of um it's a demand that the state stop binding them but keep protecting them and bind others and stop protecting them like that's what yeah. the demand really is it's i mean it it's sort of they they shout freedom and they you know as you say hack a dart and crack a bud uh or or a labat potentially i haven't been in canada in a while um and hey. Yeah. O'Keefe's extra old yeah, stock, maybe, that's right. depending on what depends on where you are, really. And I mean, it's it just because and the be, it, 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 this particular this particular group, right, of like you know idiots who've been radical, radicalized on Facebook, you know, like that's they, their their particular demand is yeah, one just basically I want to kind of act however I want to act, but at, at the core of it, the actual movement itself, right, is about this idea that. Um, that the Canada or the West or whatever you want to call it has like turned against them because they feel like they they're no longer in this position where yeah they are they are protected but not bound and others are bound but not protected and you know yeah, if you yeah. dig just a little bit it's there you know I th- I think I wanted to bring this up too like it was, we were talking about the protesters like and and I am separating the organizers from the protesters in in this but Arlen brought something up that I, th- I think is totally relevant, which is for the for the protesters themselves, not the organizers, like a lot of the impetuous to go into the, uh, you know, Rito Mall and crack a beer and hack a dart is really like it's a response to this sort of liberal technocratic regime that everyone lives under this fog, this feeling that, you know, like the future has no purpose. And, and just being carpet bombed their entire life with like anti-communist uh, rhetoric. So they cannot engage in this struggle or express this feeling of alienation in a way that is grounded to political material reality. Mm. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think. And then oh, like he, he mentioned this Thatcher quote that I thought was interesting, like that, that they've been raised to believe that they are the political center. But, you know, there's this Thatcher quote that's like, there is no such thing as society. And and any challenge to that becomes like a total existential threat for them. If you remember right, like what McCarthyism was all about was finding the people who were just like using the bits of the New Deal that were making American society kind of like tick over, right? The thing that was allowing the state to reproduce itself. McCarthyism was the first strike back against that. That anything that was anything that was seen as like a um a kind of a place where you know any kind of collective action was was rearing its head, but also anything that was a little bit too uh, intellectual, anything that was a little bit too technical, was immediately derided as communistic, and um, you know hounded out. And I mean, if you receive nothing but a sort of 
it, and and there's not just not just specifically anti-communist propaganda, but if you've been raised with anti-communist paranoias, right, then anything that you don't necess- immediately understand uh, becomes a kind of sinister plot. And you know the fact that it's it's changed and morphed to become like socialist, Islamist, Great Replacement, whatever. It's all the same thing. Anything that isn't immediately obvious to me and exactly what I want happens to just out by coincidence be this instrument of uh, you know world damnation. And it just so happens that in Canada, this has taken the age-old form of a bunch of oafs getting into their you know SUVs and driving east. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, when when you're confronted with the alienation of modernity and you've been told your entire life there's no alternative, you just revert to, uh, you know, what do we want? More freedom. Right. Because that's all, you know. Right. Because they're, they're, you're, you're just so beaten down by capitalism and. You know, there's the, the that's the only solution to anything, right? I mean, it's it's neoliberal logic, right? It's like any problem can just be solved by more market solutions, right? It can be solved by um, them allowing smoking indoors again, right? Like, yeah, and it's not just alienating the poor; it's alienate that the, the oaf convoy is a real mixed bag of like legitimately poor people and also like uh, small business tyrants. Right. But, but I mean, also like, the, you, you have to figure <laughs> that the people in this convoy, I mean, how are they, how are they paying to get across the country? I mean, through this massive GoFundMe, but who's giving money to this GoFundMe? I think it's probably a combination of like really odious, like dark money. And, um, also like working class people who are being like shaked out of their, shake down for their for their savings because again they 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 you know they they're so beaten down that they see that hey there's there's someone who who who's speaking to me who's speaking for the little guy right and that to me is really sad right the fact that probably like i'd like to see the breakdown of of donations for this gofundme that would be a good news story for our media yeah. to cover, but it, <laughs> you know. But instead, we get a uh, you know a CBC piece on how Russia is uh, how it's probably Russia that has uh, got their uh, nefarious tentacles in this movement because they want to distract from the crisis in Ukraine. Yeah, like, so they have why not? Um, fucking why not? So I, I just pulled up the uh, the the donations for the um, convoy. And their top donate top two donations are thirty thousand dollars from anonymous. Yeah. Oh, the, the anonymous <laughs> yeah, that's moving. really crazy. I didn't know they uh, they've gone that direction. Um, yeah, Wild. I guess them and Russell Brand have uh, you know. Yeah. So it's like it, like sixty thousand bucks of this is like yeah, just like I don't know. Someone was just like yeah, I like them. Here's sixty thousand. dollars Yeah, and then another anonymous donation of twenty five thousand dollars. Um. And yeah, I mean, so there are a lot of uh, big time donors, but you also see here uh, people who aren't anonymous giving like 50 bucks. Um, and, and they, of course, have their um, names listed um, because they think, I mean, it's charity, for the, right? And I mean, that's all you have is, yeah, Mutual exactly. It's just to give money to someone who says um, they'll 
you know that they're they're yeah that, that's <laughs> says they're looking out for the little guy right it's like it, you know it's <laughs> that's funny someone gave a five dollar donation as ctv news <laughs> you gotta hand it to them that's a good troll <laughs> yeah roasted I, I mean because the thing is right all of these like you know fringe right-wing movements they're not responding to nothing like they are the fact that they feel like they don't have like the, 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 there's a core of white nationalists who feel like I don't have a lot of freedom because of because I, I know why it's the great replacement or whatever. But, you know, you wonder like, well, hang on, like how good was your how good was your polity? Like how well was it really working if lots of ordinary people then become susceptible to that kind of thing and then fall down uh, a well, basically, into believing great replacement? I mean, QAnon is now sort of so far into old news. It's just basic great replacement vaccine stuff. Right. Like, how, but how how much has your society failed in integrating, like just integrating people on a day to day basis, like into feeling that they're part of an actual thing? If this is if this kind of is is just what happens. Right. If you're so susceptible to such a kind of low effort piece of bullshit. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. And all those contradictions have been heightened because of the pandemic. So this is, you know, people have just been at home on like going deeper and deeper into Facebook or their what or their te- or the weird telegram channel their uh, cousin told them to subscribe to or whatever and, and so know? on on the one hand like you know I I have I have nothing but you know disdain for uh the 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 sort of the 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 idea that we are going to like you know go and um essentially uh, occupy, occupy Ottawa, stand around for a little while, honk our horns, and then like magically make the concept of public health go away. But I, I, I can, I can understand how they got there, right? I, I understand how you go how you go to that place and how ultimately the fact that so many people are in that place is a failure of, I, I the failure of a lot of you know really of august canadian institutions it's a failure to account for themselves a, a failure to make the to a failure to give themselves a reason to exist in the eyes of a lot of people who are there just like ready to fall into the open arms of jason laface uh various <laughs> other like you know people's party candidates who were like you know i have another movement for you um yeah where's ball so, breather you know, I mean, guy been during all of this uh, well, I suggested that if the convoy wanted to be effective, that um, they would have the Kula Das uh, uh, strapped <laughs> to the hood of the first truck, like the guitar player <laughs> in uh, Mad Max yeah. Fur- Fury Road, but just like w- covered in contact mics, surrounded by Marshall Stacks <laughs> doing ball breathing. You know? Yeah, I, well, he's probably um, somewhere like storing his energy. Right. Yeah. Or spe- or spending it shamefully. In- <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk a little more about what's going on in in Ottawa, right? Uh, there are reports of like uh, uh, of again, like guys just getting in their trucks and driving from Western Canada to like find people with rainbow flags in their windows and then shit on their steps, um, like just like you know dancing on dancing on and desecrating like national war memorials and it's like yeah i mean i don't particularly care but aren't you guys supposed to like love those um or just generally yeah like pulling up and idling their trucks (laughs) creating a toxic fume over all of ottawa just constantly honking their horns you know what sucks is that the fucking Victims of Communism Memorial isn't built yet. <laughs> I was actually thinking that too. I was like, 
if they had waited and pissed on that freedom, just shitting, yeah. shitting on the brick that uh, dedicated to Roman <laughs> Shukovich. I'm just- uh, yeah, I would support that. <laughs> um, but there's also I, I want to talk about the Terry Fox statue because there's so much like yeah. liberal like hand wringing. Just sec, there's a truck going by. <laughs> that that <laughs> is a joke. There's literally a truck going by. My. Uh, but uh oh yeah the terry fox so there's all this liberal hand like they desecrated this this holy terry fox memorial um by like put they put like a trucker cap on him and like gave him an upside down canadian flag and like i don't like to me i don't I don't see that as like a desecration as much as I see it as these protesters, like just wrapping themselves in this, um, you know, Canadian nationalist iconography, but not realizing that Terry Fox, um, was, uh, pro medical research was, uh, I, I would presume pro vaccination. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like taking this well, yes. no, because in oafishness in their minds terry fox was a good guy and of course he would have he would like because we're good and he was good i remember hearing he was good in school and so of course he would understand that this is tyranny yeah exactly uh, because that's the other thing is it sh- it shears off all context and it's just because i mean like anytime you talk about about anything QAnon or sort of online great replacement thing you kind of have to remember that what happens is it's an extended exercise in collective storytelling of uh, how we are the best and noblest people and the world has ever known our enemies will uh stoop to there's no low to which they will not stoop no degeneration to which they will not succumb no no sort of depredation they won't visit on the innocent or whatever um and then they just keep telling each other these stories to kind of freak each other out and just like get get each other like you know um to sit back from their computers and go oh my god right until they basically just psych each other up into leaving the house and going and doing something and frequently that and sometimes that can just like evolve into you know um again into something like uh 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 um, uh, the, the, this convoy, and that's where I think the the connection to January sixth that could be drawn, but isn't really being drawn, is just that these are a bunch of people who've decided to go and mill around somewhere where they know the power and freedom is, and they know the worst of their enemies are, and then just kind <laughs> of hope that something happens, you know, because they've all told themselves that if they all just get together, it's inevitable. And again, that's not the comparison we're seeing. Yeah. The comparison we're seeing. In fact, Free. I have a comparison that we're seeing. Right. The comparison we're seeing is um, here's one from the Globe and Mail. Right. It says uh, is by Gary Mason it says as well meaning as some of these people may be. It's now clear that the demonstration has been hijacked by a fringe element. So, again, it's been it was never this from the beginning, of course. Uh, that sounds an awful lot like the freedom fighters and patriots who gathered at the U.S. Capitol around on January 6th uh, and ended up storming the premises in a poorly organized coup. These are people that some members of the conservative party are supporting in interviews and in posts on social media platforms, some of whom don't even try to disguise their bigoted and racist views of the world. Leader Aaron O'Toole, for example, meanwhile, has not a- answered questions about the mandate. Some in the party are so clearly worried about bleeding support to Bernier's uh, People's Party of Canada that they feel compelled to throw their lot in with people who want to overthrow the government. I can't imagine what Brian Mulroney must be thinking as he watches members <laughs> of his old party disgrace it. Finally, someone's <laughs> thinking about Brian. How, what would Brian uh, most, do? Uh, most what let, would Brian let's go Brian? 
to be honest. <laughs> Let's go, Brian. Uh, most Canadians who watched what happened in Washington on January 6th likely couldn't imagine something similar occurring here. Well, I'm not so sure about that. We should be prepared for the unimaginable. Which, again, you know, Gary Mason, I say to you, we are having something similar happen here, which is a bunch of people are gathering where the freedom is and hoping that a cutscene starts. <laughs> yes, and hoping that uh, democracy and more freedom manifest by their presence in the uh, freedom it's spawn just, point. You know, like. And- these liberal pundits wanted so badly for it to be January 6th. Like, Oh yes. Like they want it so badly to be the January 6th that they imagine happened. Yeah. But I, you know, I I think it may be a good time to, to bring up because I've been sort of fascinated by this sort of um, this nexus of like pundits who, spent have spent the past month saying how you have to be so afraid of vladimir putin and yeah i mean sure there are nazis in the ukrainian military but right they've just latched themselves on to this noble goal who then like immediately pivoted to saying you should be very afraid of this convoy um, January 6th is going to happen here. And uh, now I was just uh, looking at Andrew Coyne's uh, Twitter feed. Um, oh, he's so smart. Yeah. Does he oh, still have the flag in the bio? Yeah, he's not taking that flag down oh, till, um, till out of his cold, dead hands. <laughs> so we send lethal aid to uh, Ukraine, which he was very upset yeah. um, when Kanda announced that it was just giving Ukraine like uh, what was it? 120 million dollars and and sending more troops there. He wa- he wanted he wanted weapons. Um, you know he's a real tough guy, Andrew Coyne. I'm I'm getting reports that Andrew Coyne's phone has been hacked uh, by Russian intelligence, and the Ukrainian flag is being replaced with a Gozi flag. <laughs> so weird. No, but but right. So he was. So he obviously became this Ukraine expert overnight. Um, this guy's never seen a war he didn't like. But I mean, if you read his stuff from about the Iraq War in the early 2000s, it's really fucking repugnant shit about how we need to, uh, like that anti-war voices don't matter and we just need to um, essentially silence them and just ignore them. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. obviously he's learned his lesson um, because he's had to suffer consequences for being wrong um, by getting a job at the national post from McLean's and then the globe and mail. And I mean, these mainstream outlets, can't I just, get enough of them. Just as a aside, just as a aside, if listeners, Canadian listeners want to know why there are never any consequences for Andrew Coyne uh, being wrong or why, in fact, you act, ever have to hear from this guy or, and what he thinks about anything. I just want to go through a little bit of his family history. Uh, he's the son of Hope Cameron and James Elliott Coyne, who happened to be the governor of the Bank of Canada from 1955 to 61. Uh, his paternal great-grandfather was historian and lawyer James Henry Coyne. And uh, his sister is actress Susan Coyne. And he is the cousin of constitutional lawyer Deborah Coyne, who is the mother of Pierre Trudeau's youngest child. <laughs> so... <laughs> Look, so that's that's why you get to you get to hear what uh, what Andrew Coyne thinks about uh, Ukraine. Right, because he's a really that, great writer. Because you know? he's he just he yeah. did it himself. He's through one of the best. His, uh, through sheer determination 
and grit. Um, yeah. No, but uh, so he was this, you know, overnight became an expert in Ukraine. Just, you know, put the Ukraine flag in his bio, just tweeting out like every article he, he reads that is you should be very scared of Russia. Then this past week, suddenly he's saying you should be very scared of this convoy. He's arguing with like alt right shitheads like Andrew Lawton saying, no, this this convoy yeah. is, uh, you know, it's infected with, uh, you know, far right sentiment. And, um, you know, you need to be very scared of it. We need law enforcement to crack down on it. And um, now that that's fizzled out and it wasn't. Canada's January 6th, uh, which I was a bit surprised. I thought there would be something minor, like someone would like crash a truck through a gate or something just so the, the libs could say this was our January 6th and justify, um, yeah. you know, in, in increasing uh, the, the power of our intelligence agencies, which the, all these pundits love. Um, but it fizzled out and now he's back to just, uh, you know, posting about Russia and uh, how yeah. Vladimir yeah. He got bored. And I, I'm just I, I want like <laughs> I find that 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 sort of connection really interesting. It, I, it's, there's another good connection too. you mentioned intelligence. And one thing that's kind of funny to me is. The loudest voices uh, in in the they're like a specific species of pundit that uh, are are like disinformation experts or intelligence experts who have been just like writing article after article for years about the different nefarious ways China is uh, you know like uh, undermining our democracy or Russia is undermining our democracy. Uh, they it's just kind of like. Oh, there's there's like this big action against the Canadian government that's being organized by a handful of people <laughs> and directed. And you somehow miss this. Like, like maybe uh, maybe your job is bullshit, you know? Yeah, I think these guys like Andrew Coyne. And of course, I know uh, a favorite of yours, Dan, uh, Justin Ling. Um Oh yeah, I you know I think at the end of the day, um, their positions are consistent because they just want to give more power to like our intelligence agencies so they can get even more like scoops, right? They, I mean, well, no, yeah. Let's talk about police. I want to talk about Justin Lang and police uh, because I, I just want to read a couple of tweets here. Some pretty good shit. So uh, we've got. There's definitely going to be some tension between protesters and cops over uh, what streets are open or closed, but it seems like the Ottawa police are doing a really good job of managing this so far. And then my personal favorite, uh, Ottawa police are also making really frequent rounds in the downtown in fairly significant groups. They're being friendly with the crowd and the crowd is being friendly back. This is good crowd control work. It is keeping tensions low and discouraging any bad behavior. <laughs> Followed by, wouldn't it be nice if the cops took this approach to all big unruly demonstrations? If only someone was currently working on a book about riot policing. If only. Wait, that's me. I am. End of tweet. Uh, to which I would say, Justin Ling is the last person that you want writing a book about riot control. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need to include about riot control in that sentence. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, the uh, uh, if only they could apply it more broadly. I mean, I don't know if he's being facetious here, but uh, yeah, he's not. if only. <laughs> um, if you want to talk about police, though, don't forget, like there's there are other other organizations that are coming in as well. Right. 
Corporal Daniel Bulford uh, was a form a former RCMP sniper who's touted by uh, the rebel as Trudeau's former sniper. <laughs> Um, oh my was god! Basically Fuck, fired. Dude, special yeah. operator Bulford <laughs> was fired for refusing to take the vaccine. Is now head of security for the Freedom Convoy. Um, <laughs> wow, that's no longer right protecting now. the quote ungrateful what does prime that entail? minister. There's there's no open carry laws in Canada. So like like what like I, I don't I don't know, man. Like yeah. what is he doing? Being Canadian, Chris <laughs> Kyle. He's going to a shooting yeah. range and then uh, they're all doing like slingshots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> until he gets a black eye. Um, that also, Police on Guard is honored to support and stand with Canada Unity, one of the organizations behind this thing, uh, and the Truckers Convoy to Ottawa. So Police on Guard are all the police that got fired because they didn't uh, cooperate with the vaccine mandates. So if, again, this goes back to like, there's a lot of law enforcement and former law enforcement just in the convoy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've also been wondering that, like, what percentage of people in the convoy do you think are feds? Because either how many of them are there spying, how many of them are there instigating, how many of them are just there because they believe it and the ideology of their job very much aligns with the ideology of, you know, this group of uh, this this group of uh, SUV drivers. Um, Yeah, not entirely. I mean, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure it's not nothing. Given what we know about every other thing that happened. But I, I wanted to go um, back to Justin Ling for a second because so he's telling us that, you know, this is this white nationalist uprising, but that it's good that the cops are sort of treating them with kid gloves. This is good uh, crowd control. And um, so I, I think the, the thing to understand about how that relates here as well is right is the there is seems to be a, a lack of a genuinely oppositional press that's going to ask these kinds of questions of, well, how many. Uh, to, to what extent is this, for example, a unity of you know organizations like Canada Unity and the intelligence community or law enforcement? To what extent are there, uh, you might say, sympathetic links? Because maybe a lot of cops' friends who didn't like take the vaccine and now have to like you know leave the cushiest job in the world um, are now on the other side of the movement. And again, like the the deme- the the vigil the deputized vigilantes, you know, they're the, the, either they're deputized directly. Directly by intelligence services who are trying to you know get them to do shit, or they're deputized by sort of the same cultural forces. That means that they feel like they have a lot in common uh, with with the intelligence services. Um, and I think we we also we can find a, a people with a lot in common, right? So we can say, well, well who are the Tory politicians uh, playing footsie with this thing, right? Scott Moe, Premier of Saskatchewan, has already sent a letter saying, "Thank you, truckers," saying vaccines are good, but uh, the mandates they're very bad. So I wink, wink, support you. Uh, Andrew right. Shear says something pretty similar. Uh, and also says this is threatening everyone's ability to get groceries, uh, as though that's not COVID itself. Um, yes. Uh, Deputy uh, Tory leader Candace That's, Bergen has been similarly supportive. R- Just as an aside, Riley, there is a, a, there's a there's a shipment of like Canadian beef stuck at the border because of this shit. So I, I'm not really sure what he's talking um, about. And also, the other, but the funny thing is, right? Is you know who's now irreparably cucked because he like wasn't fully on side with these people when he's like made his whole political personality as being on side with these people. It's Jason fucking Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in quite the conundrum now because he also he he passed legislation um, a couple of years ago or la- I mean it's hard to keep track of time now, 
But um, in the wake of the Wet'suwet'en protest saying that um, it is a criminal offense to block uh, what he what the government deems to be critical infrastructure. Now you have uh, his base blocking critical infrastructure in, uh, you know, it's easy. It's it, it is on the one hand amusing to watch him like weasel his way out of that. But on the other hand, you have libs telling him, why, why aren't you, impl- uh, you know, this, why aren't you um, making use of this authoritarian law you passed that was clearly designed to be used against the left, to be used against indigenous land protectors and environmentalists. Yeah. Like, why aren't you using it? And it's like, don't, you don't want him to use it. Like, that's good that he's not using it. And it's good to point out the the, the hypocrisy there. But I think uh, progressives here in Alberta need to be very cautious about uh, egging him on. I think I think in Kenny's case, it's just it's the classic thing of like, uh, if you follow the oafs, if you encourage the oafs into the molasses barrel and you go in there with them, you're going to get sticky. You know, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, and so there's, that's in trying to like ride this wave again, like all that's going to happen is there's going to be a kind of another scrap in the Tory party where they're worried about losing people to like whatever the successor to the people's party of Canada is, or perhaps the people's party itself, because the whole idea that like there even should be a such a thing as public health measures has become a kind of wedge issue in on the right. And wedge issues on the right are very good at pushing the right further to the right because everyone will just line up on the right of the issue. I wonder if this is going to create like a reform two type situation, you know? Yeah, that the conservative party is going to split again. I I don't think so. I think that the, the, because, I mean, the conservative party of Canada is essentially reform swallowing up the old PCs. And, I, you know, again, we just copy whatever the U.S. is doing. And you see the Republicans in the U.S. just falling in line under Trump. Um, I think that all the, the fucking red Tory cucks are just going to do that. They're going to fall in line under, uh, you know, Pierre uh, Polievre, who, um, I, I mean, do you guys want to talk about Aaron O'Toole for a sec? Because he's he's getting completely cucked. Yeah, absolutely. And because, yeah, so, right, I mean, let's talk about Aaron. He, right. His whole thing is he's trying to, like, strike a balance between the chuds in, like, the um, you know, more red Tory, you know, high Tory wing of the party. But of course the, the, the red Tories don't exist anymore. And, um, so he met with this convoy after sort of dithering on whether he would or, or wouldn't to try and, you know, keep the chuds happy. And then yesterday, uh, came out, well, I guess when you're listening to this, it won't have been yesterday, but came out several days ago that the party is having a leadership review of him, n- not because of his lukewarm support for the convoy, but because he voted with the liberals and forced all his MPs to vote with the liberals to ban uh, conversion therapy. So, yeah. And yeah. And that's pretty amazing to me. So that he's bending over backwards to to please this like incipient populist right wing of his party that's essentially subsumed it. And then they're like, "Yeah, but you're not transphobic, so gotta go." <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, by the time you're listening, Aaron O'Toole may not be the leader of the Conservative Party. Yeah, that's that's very funny. Um, and I it's I I'm, I don't think it's necessarily going to split. 
But I do wonder, right? To what extent is to what extent are are is their politics going to change? Are they going to align with the sort of purely red meat culture war, right? Which is sort of happening in Britain, kind of slowly, right? Uh, mm. Or uh, you know, this where it's designed to like appeal to the people who feel deputized by who themselves feel deputized by culture wars uh, and and stuff like this, or. Is it going to continue fighting an internal battle kind of forever? Because there's kind of, there's no getting out of this for them. No, no, there isn't. Um, and you know, I mean, the thing is, right? And and, and so I, I I personally don't know what the end result of it's going to be. I mean, uh, Jason LaFace, the main Ontario organizer of this event. So the organizers, by the way, were uh, James Bowder, who drove the RV to Ottawa in the first edition of the convoy that didn't end up getting super popular. Uh, and then Pat King, who you mentioned, Ben Dichter, Tamara Litch, and then just guy Jason LaFace. Jason LaFace, we've actually talked about before because he was oh, yes. a People's Party of Canada candidate for, I believe, Sudbury. Uh, and his main thing was that he's a club. De- he was a, a professional club DJ in Sudbury uh, who was planning to open a cannabis edibles cafe uh, in the same. Uh, I don't know if he ended he, up he opening his a- cafe. <laughs> He wrote a track where the uh, the kick drum uh, vibrates at exactly the right frequency to uh, resonate the giant nipple <laughs> in Sudbury. But like the other thing is, you know, that, that he's not the only PPP person who is organizing this, and where it's basically, I think you can, if you want to see it in terms of electoral politics, it's a PPP challenge to the Tories of of them saying, hey, you know, we can split some of your voters off, we can do something that you don't like. On a purely personal level, it's a bunch of people being like, well, I'm going to go inflict myself on (laughs) everyone else in the country. (laughs) Um, And then on on a liberal level, it kind of on a a sort of excuse me, in a media level, it kind of ends up becoming this thing where you you just look in it into it and see what you want. You you see what scares you or you see what makes you think that the freedom's about to, you know, finally happen. That's so true. It is like the perfect like Rorschach test for um, you know, Canadian politics. And I think with that with that um with that with that insight on the books, uh, I think it's about time to let Dan go to work and let me go uh climbing with my girlfriend. Hell yes. That's right. I am ready. I am ready to uh I'm ready to jump in my big truck <laughs> and uh pull the cartoonish like string down and the and the little thing opens on the top of the pipe and it goes honk honk. I'm honking. <laughs> I'm honk, hoot I'm hooting and honking all the way to the music factory. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hoot and honk and be so loud and unpleasant that you're gonna give me my freedom. To That's right. Continue doing that. Uh, I want to say, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us. Today. Oh, great to be here. Yeah, thanks, yeah, man. No problem. Uh, and to thank, and to thank you all for listening. Uh, and don't forget, there is a second episode you could get next week. That is a mere seven Canadian dollars per month. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find you? Uh, so I'm at Twitter on Twitter at Jeremy Appel I'm on Twitter at Jeremy Appel 1025. 1025 is my birthday. So if you follow me and want to wish me a happy birthday in October, um, you can do so. Um, I also have a sub stack that I got a plug uh, called The Orchard. Um, that's Appel, not Apple. <laughs> Orchard.substack.com. And I've got uh my two podcasts that you can find uh where you find found this podcast those being the forgotten corner 
and Big Shiny Takes. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we will see you all uh, in podcast land next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.